Welcome to the springtime. This is the Bitch Seat Podcast. I'm Lissa. I'm Phil. <laughs> and I have to, you know, fake it till I make it with the cheer. You know what I'm saying? I thought you were in a good mood. Don't, don't, you, you deceived me. I thought you were in a good mood. I can be in a good mood too, but you, you know, you can't really tell the difference when I'm in a good mood or a bad mood because I sound the same. Well, uh, yeah, that's true. That's fair. <laughs> no, we're not going to break up on this one. Not yet. Um... Uh, so it is May 15th when this is yeah, it's May, May, 15th. May 15th. Hey guys, thanks for coming out to the nerd melt, uh, <laughs> episode of the bitch seat, which hopefully will be was a week to, ago was a week ago. And hopefully we'll be able to broadcast if anybody in the future knows in the past how to record things <laughs> on May 7th, May 7th. May 7th. May 7th. This is May 7th. Uh, please, uh, email us into the past and let us know if you can record, uh, cause it was a good show. It was a great show. It was a great show. I just wanted, you know. We're just going to put it out there. Um, great. Uh, late, a little bit later on, we're going to have um, uh, a guest with some fan fiction that I'm very excited about. Yes. So to kick it off this episode, uh, I'm going to read. I didn't write fan fiction. Did you write fan fiction? Well, I mean, technically what I was doing was could be construed as fan fiction. It was role playing. I was role playing within a Star Wars universe. Oh, right, right, right. So, I mean, it wasn't existing characters. It was original characters but we it was all within that universe i think that that, that that counts as fan fiction okay so I, I yeah i wrote fan fiction for many years i wrote fiction oh, okay had nothing to do with any universe that existed well uh, except right. for one in my brain hold on a second yes we're talking fiction if i if it's within a universe i'm not being a character I, that's not fan fiction i don't think i think that's fiction like fan fan fiction is if you write about how uh, Snape was bit by a snake and then Hermione nursed him to health and then like they no, fall in love. That's fan are, fiction. No, if you Real are story. in the universe of Star Wars, you didn't write the Star Wars context. No, 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 that no. counts as fan fiction. No, I don't. Yes, our guest is silently gesturing and I'm not going to let her talk yet, but she is going to pipe up about this later. Right, fine. I wrote fan fiction. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the point. No, no, no there's nothing wrong with it, but I, okay, fine. It was still original. Don't worry. I don't. <laughs> um, okay. This is from the notebook, the unnamed notebook. Unplugged. The Tomb of the Unplugged Notebook. Uh, that's just a black and white composition book. Uh, the date is August 9th, 1997, which was... My first online breakup. I'm so sorry. Yeah. To the day? Uh, July. Right around this time, I was like, oh, we're back together, but I'm not happy with this. Did you ever meet this person in person? Yeah, we met in upstate New York. We're still friends. Not real. I mean, she's married and has children. And it's, what are you staring at me for? I don't know. I never had an internet boyfriend, so I uh, think I'm interested. Well, I had a, I had an internet girlfriend before and internet relations before I had either regular, any. real relations. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I mean, and also strange because when experiencing the real thing is a different beast altogether. Did you like it less? I don't know. I was just confused because I put a lot of emotional stakes in the written word first. And then the actual... Listen, that paid off. I get the best texts from you that I've ever gotten from anybody. Oh, thank you. You really know how to spin a, spin a yarn in a you, text. You too as well. I'm sorry. Usually the days that you do that, I'm, I'm like not feeling it. And the days that I feel do that, you're like working. It's okay as long as we're not in the hole together. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Let's All right. listen. August 9th, 1997. So keep in mind, I am 14, 13, 14. Okay. 14. The dimly bronze haze of the nightstand lamp in the hotel room, 
the goblets of richly, almost severely romantic burgundy-colored brandy, the warm, sensual velvet of the sinking armchair. It was all too much for Tabitha. You know, I never watched soap operas. I never watched soap operas, but somehow I still wrote this shit. Her gaze once again drifted over to Eli, who appeared devastatingly sophisticated in a gray suit and silver-rimmed reading glasses, a brandy goblet perched in one hand while he held the Saturday paper in the other. Fantasies ran wild through Tabitha's mind. Her insides became warm and rubbery with the lovesick helplessness of the daydreams, daydreams which invaded her thoughts thousands of times a day, yet of which she never tired. Tabitha felt herself becoming anxious and restless, just admiring the quiet innocence of the man relaxing in his velvet armchair. Don't you want a velvet armchair? Wait, I have a velvet armchair. I already have one. Yeah, it's yellow. I sit on it. It's great. See, you you are this guy. The two of them had, by chance, chosen to remain up in the room while the third member of the party had decided to wander down to the tavern on a lower floor for a drink. Now, finally alone with the man she had known all her life, Tabitha found herself questioning the possibilities of Eli feeling, in return, the same way for her. Nonsense, she thought. He had only come along for a chance to be with his sister, who had forever been the closest of friends to Tabitha. And yet, the girl, feeling flustered, furrowed her brow in frustration. I'm just going to say that one more time. The girl, feeling flustered, furrowed her brow in frustration. The whole thing is just a writing exercise, I guess. As she glanced up at Eli again, the sight of him automatically softened her gaze. Suddenly, the world came... No, the words came to her lips. Eli, she began, far more eagerly than she had planned. He removed his reading glasses and looked up to her and looked up... You... What? What are, what are you laughing at? You find reading glasses romantic. Anyway, go ahead. Whatever. He's sophisticated. He's an intellectual. <laughs> uh, and looked it's up to meet her gaze. With a slight blissful shock, she caught a warming, rather expectant look in his sea green eyes. Tabitha stood from her chair, hoping that, hoping that that would give her strength enough to say what she had needed to say for as long as she had known him. Suddenly, it felt to her like another one of her far-fetched daydreams, foggy and out of focus to her vision, yet acutely clear and detailed to the eye of her mind. Here was her moment. Eli, she began again, her voice this time revealing a twinge of nervousness. Eli sensed that fragile hint of the emotion. He rose and came to and came to be opposite her. Yes, he responded gently. His word was reassuring and knowing. It is only Eli, thought Tabitha. Yet the lady was as terrified as ever. She felt her legs quiver and her palms sweat. She felt like an innocent child lost in a crowd of strangers. She went on. Eli, I don't know how to say it, and especially after all these years, but... Tabitha trailed off when she met his emerald eyes again to discover the emotion in them, the longing, the same endless urgent longing she had always lived with. It was there, there in his charming eyes, brilliant as the sun. He understood, she was sure. I know, Eli whispered. His breathing was louder and more intense than his words. I know. (laughs) Tabitha's eyes shone with a twinkling expectancy. From deep within, the girl grasped her her world of long-felt desire, which was finally surfacing. She was breathless with how enchanting he appeared in the dim light, with how he had responded to her innocent plea for love, with the romantic warmth between their two bodies, which were so close, so close. Gingerly, Tabitha slipped her arms around his neck and pulled her face so it was no more than an inch from his. Her heart pulsed. She could wait not a moment longer. Stirring up every ounce of passion and yearning within her, she pressed her lips against his with a sigh of absolute ecstasy. 
Burying his fingers in her thick auburn curls, Eli fed to the kiss with powerful craving. He pulled her closer and she licked his lips, breathed the brandy on his breath. Tabitha nuzzled her curly head in Eli's neck, thinking of absolutely nothing but the rich romance of here and now on this December city night. The dark silhouettes of the two bodies became one in the dim- dimly bronze haze of the nightstand lamp. Nice. Thanks, man. Literally nothing happened. Like, that was maybe 30 seconds that I stretched out with, like, a thousand adjectives. Yeah, but still, uh, that's just, that's fine. Re- uh, writing can encompass five minutes or 30 seconds on a page. It, I, so many adjectives, though. Okay. Well, just how you want to do it now? You want to you want to live like a Hemingway? No adjectives? No adjectives at all. None. Just the rain. Just the Oh god, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, no, I think I really that was like before I don't know. I just want I just wanted that. I didn't care about sex or like any of that other stuff. Like I literally just wanted this moment of eternal longing between me and one of my 17 crushes. That's it. That's all I wanted. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, to quote Morrissey, I am human and I want to be loved. Is that what he says? Yes. And thank I you. need to be loved. And I need to be loved. Just, just like, like everybody, everybody, else, everybody does. else does. Anybody else. Everybody. Everybody else. You're fired. Everybody cut foot loose. <laughs> all right. Let's introduce our next guest. Okay. All right. All right. Our, our next guest. Sorry. Our only guest. But yeah. Because we weren't uh, recording in a block today. You're fired. Um, <laughs> Yes, so our guest today uh, is a comedian and um, an improviser and sketch performer. She is on a Lloyd team at UCB in New York, and um, she has a web series called Bachelorette with a Knife, which you should definitely check out. Uh, It's Lily Dew. Hold for entrance music. Just needed a moment for Mariah Carey. Okay. Yeah, 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 is yeah, that yeah, Mariah Carey? Yes, it Do is. Do you guys have the rights to that music? Nope. <laughs> but we're not making any money on this, so it's okay. <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> Hi, Lily. Hello. So, um, uh, I know that you. I know that you're going to read some fan fiction later. But uh, what were your what were your reasons behind writing fan fiction? Oh man, this is the only fanfic that I ever wrote, and uh, I got like deep into whatever I liked when I was younger. Like, Mm -hmm. so if it was Sailor Moon, if it was Pokemon, I got really into it. And then the show would not be enough. And I'd be like, where can I get more of this? And Mm -hmm. then if you search on the internet and it's like the year 2001, uh, it's just fan fiction. It's just like written word by other like nerds. And I would read it. And somehow in my mind, because the internet was such a new thing, Uh, back then I thought everyone on the internet was like a sophisticated adult. So I thought everyone writing fan fiction was like, you know, like a, like a writer, like some like adult novelist out there, like writing it. And I was very intimidated. So when I wrote it, like, like I'll read like the intro that I wrote for myself. I'm like so self-deprecating. I'm like, I know this isn't good. I'm just like a child. Oh God. But, and, and like now looking back, I know that like everyone else on the internet was probably also like a 12 year old girl. Mm-hmm. Like that's who the internet is. That's right. That's, that's just the internet in general. Yeah. 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 That's what it was like. But I am with you on the thinking everyone is a sophisticated adult who is very eloquent and in their, their writing. Yeah. Because, uh, Rude Awakening when you find out. 
Yeah. Also, I was gesticulating a lot earlier. Um, if you were writing in the universe that someone else created, that's fan fiction. All right. Fair fan enough. Fan fiction, people write original characters. It's still fanfic. Fair enough. And I still do it once in a while when I have nothing else to do. Hey, but that's this, great. The, the, this game, uh, one of the things I play is people make new technology within the universe with existing technology. So that's even... that's. It's almost you're just going down a rabbit hole of further fan fiction uh-huh. or ways to be a fan. It doesn't matter either way. I spin-offs just on spin-offs on yeah. spin-offs. There also spin-offs. are like real authors now who like started out writing fan fiction. So yeah. I guess it was a good exercise. Like Cassie Clare, I think, is one of them. She's like a big fantasy author. And I think like Fifty Shades of Grey started yeah. out I was as like Twilight about that. fanfic. It yep. did. It did. And I was actually thinking about Fifty Shades when I was reading this. I didn't even think about the yeah, that is the connection. The, the G-rated version of Fifty Shades. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't having sex for a while, a while. Um, so, what other? You said that you got really deep into things when you were into them when you yeah. were younger. Like, what were some of the things that captured you for a while? Um, I really liked anime when I was younger. I think that was my first screen name, mm-hmm. Anime Girl Nine Hundred. Amazing. Um, which now I feel like anime is pretty mainstream. Like mm-hmm. it's okay, but back then, like I remember my high school's anime club was just like seven Asian girls, and it was just like <laughs> a living stereotype. Where of, Where did you grow up? Or was I grew that? up in the suburbs of Maryland, outside of DC. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can. I can read you the bio from my fan fiction. Yes, please page. do. It's pretty yes. good. Um, so this was all, I wrote this all when I was 11 or 12. And I wrote, this is my whole bio. Oh, I write some stuff every once in a while, but I always end up hating everything I write and tearing everything down in a oh. frenzy. I like, no, make that love caps, all caps anime and i like fantasy books as well as john grisham law books <laughs> i love drama movies and i'm not posting the url for my web page because my page is a horrible unupdated mess um so john grisham <laughs> law novels really factoring up high in did there. you really read those when you were oh, 11 yeah. or 12 yeah i read those in middle school uh you only need a middle school level like reading comprehension to read those <laughs> i've never read john grisham actually yeah it's it's basically new york times level uh no we're no the, new it, york it, times is high level well, tw- it's 12 right no that's a little bit higher i'm thinking star ledger sorry but, but it's like i mean it's like a beach read it's like what like right. moms with yeah. the middle school reading right. level what they have at airports yeah but know? the fonts on the covers of those mass market paperbacks always freaked me out like the john grisham it was like blocks Ominous. like yeah. yeah anyway they look serious because you think it's about law and i think that's why i felt good reading it i was like yeah. this is adult stuff <laughs> yep. yep yeah and were you like were you into feeling like a grown-up when you were that age were you um oh man i wanted to be an adult so bad i was like ugh, all my childhood problems will go away once when oh, i'm an adult preaching to the choir there yeah. yes i should have just um lingered in my precocious childhood i know we all should have we all should have were you um it's an not only first child to linger. yeah yeah so did you retreat a lot into your fantasy life then for that reason oh yeah i would read all the time i would like read under the covers at night i would like read at school which is crazy now because now i fall asleep on the subway every day while i'm like two pages into mm-hmm. a book mm-hmm. but i used to be so into whatever i was reading i know i miss that ah i miss that energy but we were also reading easier more compelling things like if i'm reading like a book with not a lot of plot and just a lot of imagery like that is a lot harder than like harry potter yeah i guess so but i still 
I mean, it doesn't really matter what I'm reading. I feel like I get tired and, and distracted like real quick. Yeah. And I used to be able to yeah. be. Like I would read like two or three Fear Street books in one sitting. The books that I felt like that recently were the Elena Ferrante novels. Oh, they're so good. She's this like Italian author. It's like four books about like female like friendship and growing up in like 1960s Italy. Oh. I stayed up till 6 a.m. every night reading it and I finished the series in like three weeks. Oh, amazing. Wow. What's it called, the series? Um, It's just uh, the Neapolitan series by Elena Ferrante. Oh, okay. Food for thought. I'm yeah. into it. I'm into it. Um, So... What tell me what was what was compelling to you or was it just like the camaraderie about so, first of all the fact that there was an anime club I didn't even know those existed uh, I grew up with a lot of Asians in my neighborhood oh really it was like yeah. an enclave yeah um so what was the question well like what what was compelling about 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 it to you like what drew you into to stuff like sailor moon and anime oh my god um like the magical element mm -hmm. uh i remember like in harry potter and in sailor moon they all discover their magical powers about like 11 or 12 mm -hmm. like the beginning of middle school and i was like right at that age mm -hmm. and i remember thinking this is the time when i develop my magical powers mm -hmm. and i even remember thinking i was like but what if that's fantasy i'm like i know that's fantasy but if i don't develop my magical powers at this point, I'm going to be miss devastated. I'm going to be devastated to not and live a you? magical life. No, and then you get over it. Then you get older and you're like, well, that was not realistic. Um, and I also like shows where like, like every, it's kind of like the Power Rangers where like everyone has their own unique thing. So there's like mm -hmm. a little bit in each person that you can identify with mm -hmm. that you're like, am I a this or a that? I'm more of a this. Yeah, that's, that's how I was with the Babysitter's Club. Although I think that's probably, you were, a little bit younger than I am, I think. Did you re ever read Babysitter's Club? Uh, a little bit. I read Babysitter's Club Little Sisters. Uh, yeah, so that yeah. is, I am younger than you. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I understand that wanting to find yourself yeah. like outside of yourself yeah. somewhere. Also, anime just is really pretty. Like the mm -hmm. way that it's drawn is very different from like Western animation. And when I first saw it, I was like, everyone has such big eyes and beautiful feathery wings. It's mm -hmm. magical. It is. I was into, I mean, I don't know if you, either we of you. might have spoken, yeah. No. Did I ever talk about the Tooth Fairy? Because this reminds me of that, like, that kind of, like, desire for magic to be inherently part of life, even though I knew intellectually that it wasn't. Yeah. I had so many little um, tooth boxes. Like, you know, there were, like, tooth boxes and pouches and all these things for your lost tooth that you put under your pillow and I then it's replaced with. Pillow. That we used every time. Oh, did the did the tooth like strap into the pillow? Yeah, it was like this little pocket that had a button that you like you closed it up. Mm. Whoa! The amount of effort your parents went to to keep the magic alive—that's well, but like yeah. even when they even when I didn't lose a tooth, I would <laughs> I would put a box under my pillow from time to time and write a note to the tooth fairy just to test it, just to see if anything happened or if I got a gift. Would you? No. Okay. Never. I remember when my first tooth fell out and my parents are like from China originally mm -hmm. and they immigrated here. So I was like, okay, I'm going to put my tooth under the pillow and the tooth fairy is going to come. And my mom was like, you know, that's me, right? And I'm not going to do that. So, oh, <laughs> no. so like, there was so little magic in my day-to-day -day life. I had to find it elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. Wait, so there was no... Um, yeah. Were there any like fantasy characters in your life, like a Santa Claus kind of equivalent? No, nothing that um, 
nothing like culturally that other people believed in also everything was like self-invented i remember like i had very like polyester like nylon material like comforter to go to sleep in Mm -hmm. and um it would just create like a lot of static and it would Mm -hmm. create like little sparks and i was like i have the power of electricity (laughs) oh my god just grasping for it yeah that's kind of what i was like with x-men because you had all these different characters. I love characters. the X-Men. Yeah. And because of that. Me and my cousin, we would try to uh, electrocute our hand. With, and, and also, <laughs> we'd have like two pools with like our hand in one uh, pool and like a nickel in the other. Wait, you were really graft- trying to electrocute yourself? No, we were trying to graft our bones with nickel, okay? Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I love, yeah, I never like got, because the X-Men is like so dense. It's like, where do you even start? It's very hard. Yeah, so I never got that into comic books, but I will spend hours reading the X-Men Wikipedia of like Me all too. the different people. I used to really follow up on stories like I, you know, Dark Phoenix Saga, it's interesting, but I have no idea where they're coming from before that. All the Grant Morrison stuff is good, although again, they had it. They keep hitting the reset button. It's like the DC Universe, but with a very small, incestuous family of mutants. Okay, okay. Where they continually try and reinvent it in different costumes, different lineups because it gets so entangled. Yeah. And everybody's brother and yeah. sister. Now the dream has changed. Now it's not like maybe I can be that superhero. Now it's like maybe one day I'll get cast as that Asian one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two Asian ones. I mean, it is kind of sad to think about how, yeah, how magic has decreased in that way. I don't know. Well, I mean, you, you are still doing it. You could still do it on stage. You could still... There are those shows where you reenact episodes of things and you, you get know to know it's not real. It's, you know it's not real, but for that time, it's kind of fun. Like I did a, uh, a Power Rangers reenact or episode thing where me and my buddy were Bulk and Skull. So every time we came <laughs> on stage, they played the Bulk and Skull theme and everybody else like so got into being the Black Ranger, Red Ranger and all that. It was just it was a lot of fun to play around with each other. It's not the same thing as uh-huh. actually happening, but uh, you know, it was. Uh, yeah. We got to have that feeling. Yeah, I mean, we, I, we get to keep the magic alive. We do more yeah. than like doctors. We, <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and I think actually, Marin said this recently. I don't know if it was on his podcast or if it was in his book, but um, the reason why he got into comedy was because he still had like unfinished business from his childhood that he was trying to work out, so he works it out through his comedy. Um, which yeah, I, that shows. Yeah, it does. Well, I, I also love him and I feel like that too, but I think that that like looking for magic yeah. thing is, is also part of why a lot of people do comedy or theater or anything like that because, because there was some, like we were longing for something like that in our youth and it wasn't satisfied in one Man, way or another. Things that I was really into when I was in middle school, I really loved Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn for whatever reason. Oh, wow. It was a great was like show. the 11 p.m. show that was on a Comedy Central. I was supposed to be in bed and I would like sneak up and watch it. And I actually loved Mark Maron on that because he was like the angry liberal voice. Yep. And one of the first emails I wrote from my like Gmail that I have when I was 12 years old was to like Mark Maron and he replied to Shut it. Shut up! He replied <laughs> to it because he was like, not so successful. I that he bow down just, to her you. Eyes just fucking Tex Avery out of her head, just like boy. He just had an email on his website. I think I saw him in a commercial, and I was like, "What are you doing? Selling out? Being in a commercial?" <laughs> Before I truly understand, now that I'm where I am in my career, I'm like, like that would be amazing. Do any commercial? Do yes. like a commercial yeah. for like five hundred bucks? Like yeah, whatever. Of course. Oh my god. I was yeah. He's yeah. He's a he's the whale. Yeah, but I want to get him on the show so did bad. Did you ever? 
Yeah, well, this is Mark a- Marinette AOL.com probably doesn't, <laughs> probably doesn't work anymore. I don't remember. It was just on his website. You can email him. Those were the golden years of the, the internet. Years. You could yeah, just man. be a 12 year old girl on the internet <laughs> emailing 35 year old comedians yep. who saw Comedy Central. And they would write you back. It's funny. Did you ever notice that Mark Marin, he sort of trails you when you're younger? I mean, you were definitely a fan of his but back, back in the day, but I never noticed Mark Marin until WTF, but he was everywhere uh-huh. on Comedy Central like in the late 90s uh-huh. early 2000s were you were you aware this is a question for the host Lissa were you aware of him then no way man I, I wasn't I didn't even want to be in comedy until like five years ago at all like I had no desires I wanted to be a serious dramatic actress who played like all the angry Shakespeare queens and uh, and being who's afraid of Virginia Woolf that's all I cared about <laughs> um no, he 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 became my hero recently. Cool, recently. cool, cool. Um, um, yo, let's read some of. Th- I want you to read some yo. of this. Stuff. Okay. Yo, um, I'm very excited about this. So yes, choose okay. the, the. How long is the whole thing? Tell the the listeners. Oh, we won't read the whole thing. We'll jump. Well, yeah, but we'll jump back and forth. It's for three context. chapters, but the chapters get shorter and no, shorter. <laughs> they get shorter <laughs> and shorter. Okay. Um, published August twenty first, two thousand two. Uh, chapter one prologue and I have to write a note beforehand note I do not own Sailor Moon and the people of my story wow you were worried about copyrights way back in the no, day no it's just what everyone else did <laughs> um, plus give me as many reviews as you can people plus yeah I know it's kind of short but this is just the start of the story and remember reviews welcome even though I didn't tell much in here. I guess it's kind of a cliffhanger, but what I was trying to do was get the reader to think a bit, try to figure out and guess what had happened and to let your imagination run wild. I don't have that much of an idea what's going to happen (laughs) myself. So if if you have a good guess and I like the idea, I might even steal it and put it in my story. Hey, you know what? We can crowdsource this story. (laughs) Uh, That's what I was saying. Okay, prologue. She stood by the open window, quietly sipping tea. The cool autumn breeze blew her hair away from her face and revealed a tear slowly rolling down the side of Just her a cheek. Just a single one, of course. One, and the wind reveals it. Her 10 years spent in Massachusetts had aged her incredibly. Although she was only 24, she looked like she was at least 28. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sign a child wrote it because I thought the difference between 24 and 28 was, was so big. I was like, a 28-year-old probably looks like an old witch. <laughs> Ugh, and she felt even older than that. But who could blame her? Before she was barely out of her youth, she had seen things most people could never even imagine. Not only that, she had left her only friends and lost the love of her life. And now she was going back. She was going back to face it all again to relive her past and perhaps this time come up with a better outcome. Yes, she decided before the summer was over, she would go back and visit Tokyo. Um, next paragraph. Uh, and I have like those little like dashes and stars to signify that we're like moving to another place, you know? Oh, yes, yes. The, the keyboard tricks. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I used to just do like a line of squigglies. Yeah, yeah. Little squigglies and stars. <laughs> Till this. Um, Serena, Krista chided, don't stand in front of the window like that. You'll catch a cold. Serena smiled a weak smile and obliged solemnly, closing the window and going back to her room. She knew that her roommate only wanted the cold air kept out of the apartment so that the heating bills wouldn't be too pricey that <laughs> month. 
So practical. I, know. I already knew apartment dynamics. <laughs> she knew Krista didn't really care if she caught a cold. She wondered to herself if anyone would care. Just last month, she had spent two weeks in the hospital from a car crash. And while other patients' rooms were filled with balloons and relatives and friends chattering noisily, her room remained empty. The nurses and doctors had tried to help by constantly stopping by her room and asking if she needed anything. She would quietly shake her head and go back to looking out the window and listening to the noisy but cheerful talking in the other patients' rooms. She knew the nurses thought to themselves that no wonder she didn't get any visitors since she was so moody. And the doctors thought of her as a ghost of a girl, pale and always unnoticed. Was I writing about myself? I mean, probably. That's how her life had been for the past 10 years. She had been all alone. And in her toughest moments, when she broke down and started crying, there was not a single shoulder to lean on or a friendly helping hand. She knew it was her own fault, though, that she had isolated herself from everybody else. On the first day, starting her high school, everybody had been helpful helpful to her, but she had ignored them, and soon people became accustomed to ignoring her. She wondered what it would be like to go back after all these years. She had been living so long, the lone life without any friends. She wondered what it would be like returning back to them. She wondered if her old friends would even still speak to her after the unthinkable deeds that she had done. But even as she wondered, she didn't care. <laughs> She stopped caring long ago. Of course she did. Yeah. She doesn't care. She don't give a fuck. (laughs) Now, all she wanted to do was to go back, relive her old life, make amends with her old friends, visit the grave of the one she had lost, and to try to fix the past. She wanted to be like she had once been, cheerful, oblivious, and happy. But she knew that even if she could change the past, she would never be the same person that she had once been. Dot, dot, dot. That's the first chapter. Ah, yes, yes. And I, I I mean I mean the story is titled A Step Into the Past. It's very it's very vague and mysterious yeah. though. Like the one that she had lost and That's what I was going for, because as I wrote in the the foreword, uh I didn't know where it was going. I was open to You were your your justification in the in the prologue was intense, just like justifying the fuck out of it. Like, I'm yeah. so sorry, this isn't perfect, but just please accept me anyway. Yeah, that's what I was like back then all the time. I'm like, maybe still am apologizing for yourself? Uh, or like stepping lightly. Yeah. I feel like back in the day, back in the day, when we were kids, that sort of thing was rare and seen as an asset as opposed to now where it's like all right, we've all we're all sort of using it like that sort of. I'm sorry, please. As a crush, back in the day, it was more like I feel like a, a, a gesture of self-deprecation or at so, least it was being, a self-awareness. Self-awareness, and but that was more of an asset when we were kids because somebody's self-aware, then they're definitely you know. I, I don't know. I was always a fan of the self-aware. Yeah, folks, but I was know. just like calling out my own problems before like anyone else could get. To oh, it. I still oh, yeah. do I, that. I, doing it now, like yeah. I mean, that's. I, yeah, I, 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 that's why I tell like every guy that I date, you know, all the neuroses up top so that he can't discover them later on and be surprised, ba- you know, sadly surprised. I wasn't surprised. I know, because I told you up top exactly who <laughs> exactly, I was. Exactly, so, you know. Yeah. It's agreeing. Um, cool. So this story, uh, it becomes about yep. Sailor Moon, but it's about... I just I, Serena I, is Sailor Moon. She is. Yes, yes, that's her person name. Ah, so this is ten years after. Yeah, I love it. And and so, are you? Uh, where does the plot go? Will you spoil it for us of the story? Um, or do you want to read another bit of it? Well, let me just. Well, she 
Yeah, I mean, basically, I was ruthless. I killed off some major <laughs> character. Oh, you wow. got it for Because I was like, cause, yeah, because I want to show I'm like, I'm not sentimental. I'm not a 12-year-old girl writing a sentimental story. Because that also happens a lot in fan fiction. Like, everyone lives happily ever after. That's called, yeah. like, a Mary Sue also. No, a Mary Sue is, like, when you write yourself as a character and she's perfect. Uh-huh. And, like, everything good happens to her. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm not afraid to be, like, Ugly adult yeah. writer. People will die. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Did um do you feel like uh your parents were because okay, so there was the no magic thing. Yeah. Were they sort of no nonsense people in general? Oh, absolutely. Did they ever play with you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's not a thing that Chinese parents do. Well, I just find that really they, like, interesting. They got me books. They got me like historical fiction, like We're books from the library. The fuck out of yeah, you. they got me like the biography of George Washington. <laughs> I remember when I was six, my mom got me The Old Man and the Sea by Hemingway because oh it's a slim book, and she knew it was a classic. And she's like, "Here, read this." And I was like. I can't these words so hard. He's don't talking understand. to himself this whole don't time. Don't understand. She's like, it's a very short book. It's only like 50 pages. Like, what's wrong with you? Did you ever show your disappointment to them or you wouldn't dare do that? Oh, no. I frequently spoke back. <laughs> um, I'm looking for this really terrible part. Oh, good. Um, I love that you killed off people. It's true. Like, I, that's just not what you do generally. It's like fairy tale usually fan fiction okay so i'm gonna skip the whole second chapter basically she's back in tokyo and she like saw some people she knew she went to the graveyard to visit her ex-boyfriend's grave and she sees like another grave next to it and it's her friends and she's like oh my god this is dark um yes uh chapter three evil is back again (laughs) and again i forward i forward everything i write okay sorry you people that i haven't been able to add this next chapter for so long but i've been a bit busy with school and some other stuff god when i was younger i thought i was so busy (laughs) i was so happy with the reviews i got in chapter one that i released chapter two the next day (laughs) i was like on their toes yeah i was like so happy that people responded i just went home and wrote some garbage real fast um Sorry, I haven't been so fast with this one. Oh, yeah. And thanks, Sponges, to everyone who reviewed the story. You guys are the best. And especially thanks to the person who actually added me to their favorite stories list and the person who IM'd me telling me to post up number three. I never thought that would happen. I'm getting much more of a positive response to this story than I ever imagined I would get. Oh, good. Oh, even then, I needed so much validation. Positive reinforcement. Yeah. Tell me that you love me. Yes. Um, no surprise I went into comedy. Um, <laughs> all right. So it starts. Serena whipped around. Amy, Mina, she gasped in surprise. Seeing the frightened expression on her face, Amy smiled shyly and said in barely a whisper, We've missed you, Serena. Seeing Serena once again, starting to look worried, she said, Don't worry. We aren't mad at you or at all. Well, at least Mina and I aren't. Here, sit down, she said, pa- while patting a spot in the grass. They're in a graveyard, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Picnic. Yeah. yeah. And let us tell you the whole story from the very beginning. This is maybe the worst part of it coming up. <laughs> right after you left us, we had a new source of evil attack us. They are made up of two brothers, Chris and Kath. And that's spelled C-H-R-Y-S and C-H-A-T-H. And I have uh, to put in parentheses pronounced Chris and Kath. And two <laughs> sisters, Krista and Karen. That's spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A <laughs> and C-H. A-R-Y-N, as well as their mother, Crimson. All their names start with C-H. C-H. 
Why? Uh, I think that's just like a like a fantasy story like thing. Like if there's an evil family, they'll all have like similar sounding names. So I was just doing that, but they're so bad. That's like typical like novice writer fantasy names. Oh, I, I feel love it. like it's like how when you uh, like people who go on field trips or um or like tour buses and they all wear the same color shirts so they can find each other in New York. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact is, in in my like last chapter that I ever write, the next one, which is just like me apologizing, saying like <laughs> it's just like I can't write anymore, or like I don't have time. I say like some people notice that uh, one of the villains' characters is the same name as the roommate. The roommate is also Krista C H R Y S T A. Oh no! And I was like, this is not the same person. That's just like my favorite name right now. Uh, and I accidentally used it twice. Like that's how careless I was. Ugh, you can never be forgiven for that. I used the same name twice for two vitally different characters. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst part. Eh, oh, I you know what? Sense. I think it's still pretty well written. Yeah. I mean, no, but then I read and then I heard yours and you used so many adjectives. Too many adjectives. But it was so descriptive. You know, it was ten pounds of shit in Folks, a five pound bag. You guys have you guys are both great young writers. <laughs> and you have different methods of writing. And sometimes, you know, you can maybe pick from the best. You guys can maybe take No, we some have details. to destroy ourselves. That's part of yeah. the, the life right, okay, of fine, a writer. Fair enough, fair enough, okay. okay, cool, cool. You guys haven't even heard the email I wrote, Mark Mayer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> As a postscript, we need, we need, I'm going to need that. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's um, buried forever. <laughs> um, well, I, I go oh, ahead, you go, go. I was go. like, I really gave him some shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love when he wrote email. you back. Yes, yeah, if you ever find it. Take a screenshot of it and we'll put it no, on the I website. Ha- no, I have it. I can't. I can't. I truly can't share it. Oh, <laughs> fine. But okay. Maybe someday. Next year in, Jer- in Jerusalem, as they say, or next year in Los Angeles, when we're all best friends with Mark Marin and we can talk and laugh. We all go to Donut Friend together. We do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yes, we always give our guests uh, a little gift at the end of the show, um, which is some item from my uh, childhood home, which is still where it was, and so there's like tons and tons of shit in there. Huh. Um, not hoarders, they're collectors. Okay, not okay, hoarders, okay. they're collectors. Sure, 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 sure. So I had lots and lots of stuff, and I'm giving it a new life. So for you, in honor of the uh, the, the cartoon discussion, I had a massive whoa. Producer Kent, wow, you're usually so sound quiet. guy making a lot of sound the over there. Apocalypse is happening. Um, I had a large collection of uh, Sanrio Peckle items. Oh, I love um, that Peckle shit. was my favorite. So I here is a little book of Peckle stickers for your use. Let Never been touched. This Never been touched. still relevant. I love it. This yep. is Amazing. great. Dance yep. party. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Lily D. Uh, Check out Bachelorette with a Knife. Check me out live. My website's lilydid.com because some Asian e-commerce site bought lilydoo.com. Oh, screw them. Screw um, them. I'm going to use these Sanrio stickers. Thank Please you. Please do. I'm, I'm really glad that, that you came and you shared this, and it's yeah. great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being Thank on you. the show. And guys, uh, as always, you can subscribe on iTunes. Find us at thebitchseatpodcast.com. Tell your friends. Leave us a nice review, please. Maybe we'll we'll beg you in a in a self-deprecating way. Absolutely. And yeah, that's uh, the way to get them. That's, yep. that's the way to get them. That's the way to... The, it's confidence. Yes. The opposite of confidence. confidence. Um, at Lissa is a person. At... 
I don't know what your Twitter handle is. Phil Cassell, Phil Cassell. My name. Okay, well, I didn't know if there were dogs. The names that you've been dating for four years now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Cherish who you were. That brought you here. No, treasure what got you here. Yes, producer Kent has given us a great outline, and that's going to be our line. Yes. From now on, no more crunchy chicken. No. Treasure what got you here, guys. Treasure what brought you to the dance. Attention Springwood, my name is Josh Krebs. And I'm Liz Richards. And we're the hosts of Bloody Date Night. So Josh and I have been dating for four years, and Josh loves horror movies, and I hate him. Yeah, so each episode we go through the horror movie franchise canon to watch an episode and then meet up and we discuss it together. And so far it's been going pretty well, right Liz? I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, each episode I try to see how far I can push Liz to watch a really good horror movie until she basically leaves me and it hasn't worked yet. Not yet. And it's awesome because you're the Tatum to my Sydney. You're sweet. And here's a clip from one of our recent episodes. Hello, I'm Exposition. Hey, let me let me tell you what just happened. There's a break-in at this costume store. Somebody stole some ropes, some knives. Somebody stole a mask. They stole $250. They scared a cat. They took two boas. They took two boas. Two feather boas, one uh, set of angel wings. It's one of those goddamn... They're probably having a burlesque. <laughs> probably doing a burlesque show later. I don't know. Oh, Haddonfield. What isn't happening? Haddonfield's first burlesque <laughs> club. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Um, the Lacey Pumpkin. The la- Ooh. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!